How the Hoja Saved Allah From Told in the Coffee House by Cyrus Adler and Alan Ramsay This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Not far from the famous mosque Bayazid, an old Hoja kept a school, and very skilfully he taught the rising generation the everlasting lesson from the Book of Books. Such knowledge had he of human nature that by a glance at his pupil he could at once tell how long it would take him to learn a quarter of the Koran. He was known over the whole empire as the best reciter and imparter of the sacred writings of the Prophet. For many years this Hoja, famed far and wide as the Hoja of Hojas, had taught in his little school. The number of times he had recited the book with his pupils is beyond counting, and should we attempt to consider how often he must have corrected them for some misplaced word, our beards would grow grey in the endeavour. Swaying to and fro one day, as fast as his old age would let him, and reciting to his pupils the latter part of one of the chapters, Bakkara, divine inspiration opened his inward eye and led him to pause at the following sentence and he that spends his money in the ways of allah is likened unto a grain of wheat that brings forth seven sheaves and in each sheave a hundred grains and allah giveth twofold unto whom he pleaseth as his pupils one after the other recited this verse to him he wondered why he had overlooked its meaning for so many years fully convinced that anything either given to allah or in the way that he proposes was an investment that brought a percentage undreamt of in known commerce he dismissed his pupils and putting his hand into his bosom drew forth from the many folds of his dress a bag and proceeded to count his worldly possessions carefully and attentively he counted and then recounted his money and found that if invested in the ways of allah it would bring a return of no less than one thousand piastres think of it said the hoja to himself one thousand piastres one thousand piastres mashallah a fortune so having dismissed his school he sallied forth his bag of money in his hand and began distributing its contents to the needy that he met in the highways ere many hours had passed the whole of his savings was gone the hoja was very happy for now he was the creditor in allah's books for one thousand piastres he returned to his house and ate his evening meal of bread and olives and was content the next day came. The thousand piastres had not yet arrived. He ate his bread, and he imagined he had olives, and was content. The third day came. The old Hoja had no bread, and he had no olives. He suffered the pangs of hunger. So when the end of the day had come, and his pupils had departed to their homes, the Hoja, with a full heart and an empty stomach, walked out of the town, and soon got beyond the city walls there where no one could hear him he lamented his sad fate and the great calamity that had befallen him in his old age what sin had he committed what great wrong had his ancestors done that the wrath of the almighty had thus fallen on him when his earthly course was well-nigh run 
"'Ya Allah, Allah!' he cried, and beat his breast. As if in answer to his cry, the howl of the dreaded Fakir Dervish came over across the plain. In those days the Fakir Dervish was a terror in the land. He knocked at the door, and it was opened. He asked, and received food. If refused, life often paid the penalty. The Hodja's lamentations were now greater than ever, for should the dervish ask him for food and the Hodja have nothing to give, he would certainly be killed. Allah, 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 guide me now, protect one of your faithful followers, cried the frightened Hodja, and he looked around to see if there was anyone to rescue him from his perilous position. But not a soul was to be seen, and the walls of the city were five miles distant. Just then the howl of the dervish again reached his ear, and in terror he flew, he knew not whither. As luck would have it, he came upon a tree, up which, although stiff from age and weak from want, the Hodja, with wonderful agility, scrambled and trembling like a leaf, awaited his fate. Nearer and nearer came the howling dervish, till at last his long hair could be seen floating in the air, as with rapid strides he preceded the wind upon his endless journey. On and on he came, his wild yell sending the blood from very fear to unknown parts of the poor Hoja's body, and leaving his face as yellow as a melon. To his utter dismay, the Hoja saw the dervish approach the tree and sit down under its shade. Sighing deeply, the dervish said in a loud voice, "'Why have I come to this world? Why were my forefathers born? Why was anybody born? O oh Allah, O oh Allah, what have you done? Misery, misery, nothing but misery to all mankind and everything living. Shall I not be avenged for all the misery my father and my father's fathers have suffered? I shall be avenged.' Striking his chest a loud blow, as if to emphasize the decision he had come to, the dervish took a small bag that lay by his side, and slowly proceeded to untie the leather strings that bound it. Bringing forth from it a small image, he gazed at it a moment, and then addressing it in the following terms. "'You, Job, you bore much.' You have written a book in which your history is recorded. You have earned the reputation of being the most patient man that ever lived. Yet I have read your history and found that when real affliction oppressed you, you cursed God. You have made men believe, too, that there is a reward in this life for all the afflictions they suffer. You have misled mankind. For these sins no one has ever punished you. Now... I will punish you. And taking his long curved sword in his hand, he cut off the head of the figure. The dervish bent forward, took another image, and, gazing upon it with a contemptuous smile, thus addressed it. David, David, singer of songs of peace in this world and in the world to come, I have read your sayings in which you counsel men to lead a righteous life for the sake of the reward which they are to receive. I have learned that you have misled your fellow mortals with your songs of peace and joy. I have read your history, and I find that you have committed many sins. 
for these sins and for misleading your fellowmen you have never been punished now i will punish you and taking a sword in his hand he cut off david's head again the dervish bent forward and brought forth an image which he addressed as follows you solomon are reputed to have been the wisest man that ever lived you had command over the host of the genie and could control the legion of the demons they came at the bidding of your signet ring and they trembled at the mysterious names to which you gave utterance you understood every living thing the speech of the beast of the field and the birds of the air of the insects of the earth and of the fishes of the sea was known unto you yet when i read your history i found that in spite of the vast knowledge that was vouchsafed unto you you committed many wrongs and did many foolish things which in the end brought misery into the world and destruction unto your people and for all these no one has ever punished you now i will punish you and taking his sword he cut off solomon's head again the dervish bent forward and brought forth from the bag another figure which he addressed thus jesus jesus prophet of god you came into this world to atone by giving your blood for the sins of mankind and to bring unto them a religion of peace you founded a church whose history i have studied and i see that it sets fathers against their children and brethren against one another that it brought strife into the world that the lives of men and women and children were sacrificed so that the rivers ran red with blood unto the seas truly you were a great prophet but the misery you caused must be avenged for it no one has yet punished you now i will punish you and he took his sword and cut off jesus's head with a sorrowful face the dervish bent forward and brought forth another image from the bag mohammed he said i have slain job david solomon and jesus what shall i do with you after the followers of jesus had shed much blood their religion spread over the world was acceptable unto men and the nations were at peace then you came into the world and you brought a new religion and father rose against son and brother rose against brother hatred was sown between your followers and the followers of jesus and again the rivers ran red with blood unto the seas and you have not been punished for this i will punish you by the beard of my forefathers whose blood was made to flow in your cause you must die and with a blow the head of mohammed fell to the ground then the dervish prostrated himself to the earth and after a silent prayer rose and brought forth from the back the last figure reverently he bowed to it and then he addressed it as follows o oh allah the allah of allahs there is but one allah and thou art he i have slain job david solomon jesus and mohammed for the folly that they have brought into the world thou god art all-powerful all men are thy children thou createst them and bringest them into the world the thoughts that they think are thy thoughts if all these men have brought this evil into the world it is thy fault shall i punish them and allow thee to go unhurt 
No, I must punish thee also. And he raised his sword to strike. As the sword circled in the air, the Hodja, secreted in the tree, forgot the fear in which he stood of the dervish. In the excitement of the moment he cried out in a loud tone of voice, Stop! Stop! He owes me one thousand piastres! The dervish reeled and fell senseless to the ground. The Hodja was overcome at his own words, and trembled with fear, convinced that his last hour had arrived. The dervish lay stretched upon his back on the grass, like one dead. At last the Hodja took courage. Breaking a twig from off the tree, he threw it down upon the dervish's face, but the dervish made no sign. The Hodja took more courage, removed one of his heavy outer shoes, and threw it on the outstretched figure of the dervish, but still the dervish lay motionless. The Hodja carefully climbed down the tree, gave the body of the dervish a kick, and climbed back again, and still the dervish did not stir. At length the Hodja descended from the tree and placed his ear to the dervish's heart. It did not beat. The dervish was dead. "'Ah, well,' said the Hodja, "'at least I shall not starve. I will take his garments and sell them and buy me some bread.' The Hodja commenced to remove the dervish's garments. As he took off his belt he found that it was heavy. He opened it and saw that it contained gold. He counted the gold and found that it was exactly one thousand piastres. The Hodja turned his face toward Mecca, and raising his eyes to heaven said, "'O oh God, you have kept your promise, but,' he added, "'not before I saved your life.'" End of How the Hodja Saved Allah by Cyrus Adler and Ellen Ramsey